0: Joining us now is Morgan Cott with the Manitoba Crop Alliance to give us an update on the corn crop.
1: It's looking okay. It's not looking bad per se. It's behind um, what we're normally at at this item um, at this week in July. We're usually probably tasseling quite like conti- like um, consecutively, I guess. Um, and a lot of fields aren't quite at that stage. They're still. Um, well into their vegetative stages. So um, we're looking at that because of the drought, even though this, um, so heat and, heat and dry conditions should actually sometimes speed up, um, speed up growth of a plant, but it seems to be lagging behind this year, which could have been a slow start too, too. so um, looking at that, and then obviously some drought um, symptoms with curling leaves and, and whatnot that, are, I think they're still, the plants still seem to be okay because they're unfurling at night, so that means that they're not completely droughted and running out of water, um, so they're just protecting themselves during the day in the, in the heat. Um, so, yeah, it's just kind of going to be a waiting game over the next week or two to see what happens with, with silking and pollination.
0: What about sunflowers?
1: Sunflowers are still keeping up pretty good. They, t- they do well in drought. Um, I haven't visited any fields that have been struggling and I haven't had any calls, but that doesn't certainly mean that there, there aren't any out there, but because they have such a deep root, um, they, they navigate for water very well and have a, a good method of using and conserving, but I yeah, they're flowering now. So it that's also going to be a waiting game. I've never, and a lot of us have never dealt with drought like this before. So, um, it's, it's a big learning curve.
0: How important is it to get some some rain here, I guess, towards the end of, uh, you know, the the growing uh, period, you know, as we get later into the season? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, well, with corn, this is, um, it's detrimental. Like, corn uses the most um, water right now at the end of vegetation, vegetative stages. So when you're tasseling and into pollination, I mean, it uses the most water. So if if we could get some really big rains that are... um, easy on the crop and easy to absorb. That would be a perfect case scenario. Um, and obviously a little bit cooler weather, too. We don't want smoking hot. So with everything, I mean, when you're when you're getting into the, that pollination stage, we need water.
0: Any, a lot uh, of it. <laughs> any um, insect uh, issues or, or
1: disease? You know, grasshoppers are probably the biggest insect of concern for the crops that I'm dealing with, with um, corn, sunflower, and flax. Um, and I'm thinking that everybody's probably dealing with the same thing because it's so dry and they're, I I guess they're hungry. So yeah, grasshoppers will feed on all crops that, that I'm working with. So, um, bugs are starting to show up. Um, so that's something to keep an eye on with sunflowers, um, especially with confects. So if they're around, just kind of keep your eye on them and, and make sure they don't get out of hand. Um, and then we're we're starting to look for some European corn borer and whatnot with with corn, even though it's not a big part anymore with all the BT varieties. But that's what we're kind of dealing with now. Otherwise, it's not been too hectic a year for insects.
0: You mentioned uh, flax. There, uh, we've been seeing some some fields blooming. Um, how how is the flax uh, crop looking?
1: It's been where you are. Some fields are looking actually quite nice. They're they're not branching out too too much. I think because of this weather. Um generally stands are are they did well this this spring um they didn't struggle as much as the row crops that I have to deal with so that's a that's a great thing and of course, I'm still learning about flax, so um what I know isn't super vast but uh generally for a a plant that is hard to grow and keep keep growing and keep healthy it's it's actually looking quite good, and disease doesn't seem to be an issue that i've seen but um, If there is a disease, disease, I'd definitely like to know about it.
0: That was Morgan Cott with the Manitoba Crop Alliance. <music> Continuing on today's Prairie Ag Wire, we take a closer look at a growing trend in the agriculture sector. Cover crops have become increasingly used over the last decade. On Tuesday, Golden West David Zamet was able to catch up with Imperial Seeds Avery Shepherd at the Thanks for Farming Tour in Swift Current.
2: What are the advantages for cover crops? Uh, the big advantage is, like I said, that other tool in the toolbox for a farmer. It allows you to keep your, your soil covered uh, after harvest, which will help feed the soil biology, help break up compaction, help with water infiltration. Uh, some people worry about it using water, but if you're building a bigger bucket to store the water, that's kind of a non issue. It's a mute point. Uh, you can feed livestock a higher plane of nutrition, uh, fix nitrogen for your soil and make your nitrogen use efficiency a lot higher a lot of things like that
3: now you've been using cover crops for seven years now i guess what advantages have you seen i know you obviously spoke on a few there but what have you seen just in the growth and in that time
2: uh it, within my soil i have a very depleted soil it was two to three per- percent organic matter And in the past seven years, I brought my organic matter up to over 6% on some of my land. I've seen gains some years as high as 1% per year. Uh, So I'm storing a lot more water in my soil. I'm getting the rain into my soil now. I've had sloughs dry up during heavy downpours. My sloughs don't fill up like they used to. Um, And then I'm growing mainly forage crops for my bison on my farm. So I'm seeing healthier animals, great gains on my calves and and lower inputs.
3: You're finding a better water retention, though, within the soil
2: as well? I am, yeah. Actually, just before I came out here, I had seeded some perennials on a field and it was plus 38 degrees and I was able to move some cover back and find moisture under that soil where I go to a bare spot a few feet over and there was no moisture at all in them spots. So it's really made me more resilient. I'm, My crops, are, they're heat stressed, but they're not as drought stressed as my neighbor's crops that aren't doing these things.
3: Now, if somebody wants to get into this, how would they go about that and, and what do you advise them to
2: start with? Uh, I would advise on studying the subject as much as you can, trying to talk to as many neighbours or peers or people from far away and see how their context fits within your farm. Uh, It's a very intimidating subject or a very intimidating tool to get into using. But once you get into using it, you'll meet a lot of people that are very, very uh, giving with all their knowledge and everybody seems to be willing to help each other within this realm of agriculture.
3: Now, I know you farm just near Lloyd. I guess what have the conditions been like up there this year so far?
2: Uh, we're under four inches of rain for the year right at the farm at home. Uh, I don't know, I think last year we were probably over 12 and that's definitely well below average. Normally we're eight or more I would guess for this time of year. So dry extreme heat and things are suffering. It's kind of a drought everywhere I've been traveling lately. But it, it makes me feel better knowing that I have a more resilient system that if we do catch a half inch downpour that I'm going to actually get a half inch of rain in my soil.
3: Yeah, does it make you sleep better at night knowing that it is going to retain and you are going to get the benefits out of the rain whereas it's not just going to wash away and kind of go into the the ditches or whatever
2: exactly yeah, it makes me feel a lot better if, if if a big rain comes along and and downpours i know i'm going to catch that rain and be able to use it uh, for instance when i first got into this i had a two and a half inch rain in just over an hour and I went to a field that I'd been working on for a while and just about all of that water went in. I had a little bit of puddling in my sloughs. I drove a quarter mile to a field that I just started working on and my sloughs were full and the water was still running down the, the, the hillsides. So it it was just depressing to look at that field knowing that it was gonna be droughted out in just a matter of a short period of time. Yeah, that's dramatic and even just
3: like you said, the first year so imagine year yeah. seven or year ten when you're into yeah, it. Exactly. That was
0: that was a couple of years into it, but it yeah, exactly. it happens really fast. That was Golden West David Zamet speaking with Avery Shepherd with Imperial Seed. This week's thanks for farming tour in Swift Current. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, the farmdesk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of David Zammett, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network.